The guests on Love Hurts occasionally use some adult language and go into some more intense subject matter, but that's kind of how real life works anyway. This is Love Hurts. I'm Brian Berlin. Today's guest is Jeff Zimmerman. Jeff is a comedian living in Brooklyn. Growing up, Jeff was heavily influenced by the art teachers in his life. A few years ago, Jeff found out the teacher he was closest with was also having inappropriate relationships with students during those years, and he continues to grapple with what that relationship means to him today. This episode will be talking about those power dynamics, so if that's something that's tough for you to listen to, you may want to skip this one. Hey Jeff, how's it going? It's going okay, man. How are you? Good. Thank you so much for being here. I'm abundantly happy to be here. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad you didn't melt on the way over. <laughs> yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah in, that, in that fragile amount of time between my apartment, an air-conditioned car, and then an air-conditioned car in your apartment. Yeah, which yeah. is now not air-conditioned for right. this, but we'll get through it. Yeah. Um, yeah, thanks Thanks so much. And uh, yeah, what did you want to talk about today? Oh, um, I can. I have gotten a lot of mileage out of like divorce material. But at some point, it's just like, all yeah, right, you know, <laughs> I get it. I don't need to keep talking yeah. about well, this thing. I, or it's just like, I, th- these are things I like to tell and talk about because I feel like they speak to bigger realities about love and the things we tell ourselves when we're in it. But I've never talked about this before in a, in a public fashion. But I think about this a lot when we look at like... um like a bunch of me too stuff and like, especially abuse of power and some Jeffrey Epstein stuff. And, you know, essentially I, when I was in high school, I was like way too weird to be around anybody in my town. Like I just like, I'm from Norfolk, Virginia, which is a super, super conservative area. And it's not like conservative, like Huntsville, Alabama, Alabama conservative. It's more conservative. Like let's just be intensely lame not yeah you know like like we're not burning crosses on people's lawns but nobody steps outside of their lane jimmy buffett has a reliable draw every time he comes to town you, you know what i'm saying yeah they're all just like that type of mold that yeah, they're just well, existing milita- in yeah it's a military town yes you know yeah, the yeah, biggest yeah. naval base in the world is there and and then and then you add on to it the air station and all the other stuff and the shipyards and like all and NASA and all of the like military industrial complex that people either work at or like most of the people you meet if they're they weren't in the military like their dad was or they were in the military for a while and now they're a contractor. Obviously, the military demands a, a degree of conformity because like if you don't follow orders, somebody's gonna get shot or like whatever. So I'm not trying to discredit that, but it's a mentality that let's just say like wasn't me and. I got super into visual art, painting, drawing, everything. And when I was in the going into the 12th grade, I got into this magnet school for visual art called the Governor's Magnet School. And every day after after I would go to like four or five regular periods of regular ass high school and get the core stuff done and then go across town and go to Old Dominion University or Norfolk State University and take art classes from professional artists who were working artists, but also art educators. And like one of our, one of my teachers was like his his other day job was to teach plastic surgeons how to draw. Wow. 
And this guy was just so awesome. I have lost touch with him and I miss him so much. I mean, if there's a love hurt with that dude, it's just that I love, he was so formative and I've just lost touch and I would yeah. love to have an adult friendship with him now. But he was the first out unapologetic gay person I ever met. And he like had this look and this energy of like, imagine if Groucho Marx was from Queens, yeah. you know, like heavy Queens accent, <laughs> bristling Tom Zanakis, man, like super Greek dude. And he was like really conflicted in this cool way with his religion because he's devoutly Greek Orthodox, but also not ashamed to be gay. Yeah. And he did all of those, you know, there's like religious iconography paintings with like the, um, egg tempera with like the you paint with like a three hair brush and they would like just sort of build egg tempera up and there's like gold leaf yeah yeah, yeah he yeah. taught a class in that that i i took it was really cool but he would do all of these icons of like the greek orthodox like saints with their like weird hand poses you know <laughs> and, but they were about how like his love for for the religion but also his understanding of the religion didn't fully accept him i mean the guy the, the guy was when we came to new york city the first time I ever came to New York was what, 1996, 97? And New York was fucked up at that time. And he like he did bed checks and he went around and made sure all the kids were in all the right hotel rooms. And he kind of organized it so that the more the kids that he was really vibing with, like, you know, I mean, as a teacher, you can tell in a class, like, okay, this we're gonna continue after class. We're like yeah. even with kids, you're like, you grow up a little bit and we're gonna be butts, you know? And he kind of had put us all in in one or two rooms. And he comes around for bed check. It's like nine o'clock, and he's like, "All right, all right, Zimmerman, Hodge, you know, at Booth, everybody here. All right, put your coats on. We're, <laughs> we're, we're going out." And we were, we were like, "What are you talking about? It's bedtime." He goes, "Not for you. It's not." And then he just took us on this amazing walking tour of the village and like to the village underground and some all night coffee shops. He was like, "I saw Bob Dylan when he was Robert Zimmerman here, and I saw a young Janis Joplin here." And he took us to some Keith Haring murals that had just gotten thrown up and some Basquiat's Man. that were still around. And um, we were up until like two o'clock in the morning just walking around <laughs> the village in 1996. And um, it's it, mind blowing, you know. And then the, he was like, all right, you got to get up at eight because we're going up to the cloisters. And I was like, oh, my God, <laughs> can we miss it? Because no, you can't miss it. The, my gift to you was that walk, not a nap. You know, like I'm, yeah. I'm an art teacher, not a nap teacher. So, so that was the that was like the the that's a tapestry right that that, that I'm, I'm in every day teachers like that i had this other teacher he was just really charismatic guy from south africa an amazing artist just these really intense eyes intense accent and like he ran this program and he was just like i mean i had girls that i know from back then who like when i talk about it now they were like yeah listen if you were like a girl in this area and you were of that that stripe you know like i'm not trying to I'm not really trying to go see the Dave Matthews band and like iron my hair, you know, <laughs> like, yeah. you know, like if you were a cool, like, <laughs> like, you know, like cool girl, this dude was the closest thing to Indiana Jones that our area okay. had, yeah. you know, just yeah. like he'd been all over the world, had all these crazy lives. His wife lived on the West coast. So we're in this very long distance relationship and here he's running this art precocious kid art program. And he just opened us up to like so much cool stuff. He and other teachers were the first people I ever knew who treated us like adults. Yeah. You know, like he had, there was a uh, studio he had that we would go, that was available to anybody that was part of the university. And he'd be there all hours working on his etchings. He'd be like, yeah, I'm going to be here until 11 o'clock at night. 
if you want to come by and work on your art in another part of the studio, fine, I'll make some tea for us. And you end up having tea for him with him rather and have all of these long like wandering conversations about everything in the world and it like gets you to read a little James Joyce and turn you on to some like weird like South African psychedelic rock and roll. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? He was like, you know, not not just America invented rock and roll. Like like check this out. And um you know, he could be so funny and sharp and and nurturing and I just really, really blossomed under this relationship. And his apartment was on the street that I grew up on. So it was very easy for me to like walk over there and have dinner sometimes. Or he would come over and have dinner with my parents. And he taught us so much. And I, 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 it really cemented for me like this. He was the first adult that I knew in both an authoritative and personal capacity who could be an artist. Who was like, this is the life of an artist and it's a life you can have. Art isn't just something you do after your math homework is done. Yeah, for you, like, coming, growing up in that conservative, like, very military town, Mm -hmm. it was you seeing, like, oh, there are lives outside of these lives that all that I'm seeing. Like, people can have a life in a creative field, Mm -hmm. and they can make this work, and I I have not seen this, and now I'm seeing this person kind of succeed in this world. Right, and I mean, I'm I'm not going to say he was the only, only one. Like, my one of my best friend's moms ran a gallery and frame shop, but, you know, she's a single mom, and I knew her as Frank's mom. Who has a cool job. Yeah, this was like an influential figure who also had this. Right, but this guy was like, I was, it was like, it like it wouldn't have been appropriate for me to go hang out with Frank's mom and have tea (laughs) three times a week, you know? Yeah, it was the fact that you had like this friendship, adult friendship, like adult level friendship with this person. Yeah, and, and I mean, and other kids in the magnet school programs were friends with him too. Yeah. You know, I would go over there. But, you know, I felt a very special connection to this guy and it was, you know, reciprocated. He would write me letters in college on, you know, on paper or send a drawing and I'd send him back. And I mean, it was just it was really a magnificent like that friendship really guided me towards like whatever it is. I guess we can never really know what other people think of us or how they see us. But however it is, you see me or you out there that know me, see me as a creative person or as an artistic person like that dude had an awful lot to do with it. Yeah. You know, and just being like, no, I can do my own thing and live my own way. And like, even though he wasn't interested in the music I was into, but like that, that whole punk rock, like do your own thing ethos. And then I'm seeing a guy doing his own thing. And it's like, no, you can have a job and, and it's a job in a field and you can like it. You can inspire people and stay inspired. You know, it it was just awesome. He was like a, he was a friend who I, I only had him as a teacher for one year, but our friendship lasted when I was through college. And after college, my best friend and I drove from Virginia all the way down like the southern route across 40 through North Carolina, Tennessee, you know, eventually Texas, Arkansas, New Mexico, all the way to San Diego and all the way up to PCH. Oh, cool. Stayed with him in the Northwest and went hiking and came back. And but the thing is, when we got there, there was this weird dynamic there, like in the house. It was like I could tell it was kind of not cool. His wife was like not entirely cool with us being there. Okay. And I was like, dude, you did tell her we were coming, right? Like, and he might not have. I don't know. And you could see that she was like, oh, these are guests in my house who are like, you know, these 21 year old boys, but also not cool with this, but they don't know, you know, and I, I, I just never really knew what was up. And. So this went on and I just kind of lost touch with the guy after that trip out West. Well, I found out in, you know, I moved here in what, 2000, 
seven. And in 2007, 2008, I found out that he had been having affairs with girls I went to high school with. Oh, God. The whole time. Jeez. And, like, I don't know if it was... I can't really remember because... And and it's not my story to tell, like, what was going on with them other than the fact that it was happening. But he was either, like, straight up underage or he waited until, like, the second they turned 18 or yeah. and graduated or something. And it had been going on the whole time. And the whole thing was, like... I don't know. I, I haven't seen him since. He's impossible to find online, which I mean, good for him because like he might be, I don't know what's going on in his life, but the fact that he's hard to find online, he he always did question technology and was never like really into like, let's just do this because everyone else is doing it. Yeah. You know, he was kind of, kind of retro that way, but it's also um, a little bit of a um, pretty good camouflage for him because you can't find an email address or his <laughs> yeah. photo or his art. I don't know what happened, but he has no, but, and I like want to, I want to ask him like, what the fuck was going on then? And was our friendship like real or was it part of your extended like grooming process? Yeah. Was this just part of your plan to yeah meet more people? I don't know. It's like, it's such a weird, I guess for you too. It's like this, you know, throws the rug out from under you, right. Of just having those relationships. And I guess this is now, it was like you said 2007 so this was a few years after being like oh i graduated from college in 1998 yeah that's what i so it'd be like 10 years since like that road trip or whatever Mm -hmm, right and mm -hmm. and having that like probably not being as in touch with him as you were at that point and just kind of moving on with your life but having like again that guy and also with that teacher who took you around the village who was also influential but seemed to have a much clearer idea of boundaries I guess it's just like those people had, and I guess as teachers in general, is like they have such a responsibility, I guess, mm-hmm. to kids and that influence and mm-hmm. to have those relationships that are so close with you guys and treating you as an adult mm-hmm. and then like taking advantage of that is just awful. Yeah, but like, and it has really had me think, like it's so a part of who I am. And the thing is, is like when the other guy, when the, the guy who I will name, Tom, the you know, the other the guy who took us around the village, Greek Orthodox guy, there was never any question that he was cool and treating us well, but that there were boundaries yeah. intact. You know, like I never met any guys he was dating or anything like that. Like that, he knew how to tell. He knew who to tell dirty jokes about his real life to and who not to. But, <laughs> but wasn't like overly over, like over, over forward. Like I think I knew his home phone number, but he, I, I didn't go to his house except like anytime I went to his house, I had to sign a permission slip. Yeah, you know, so and, there was like clear boundaries between these two people and how they were conducting their like, right personal relationships with U.S. students. I well, guess. Yeah. Now when I look back on it, I'm just like, this is so profoundly confusing because I'm like, was that? I mean, I it, it has changed the way that I think about what when I think about teachers or people in power being inappropriate. It, it it was almost like this thing where like I, I was like this it just I the cognitive dissonance was so overwhelming. I was talking to another friend of mine who's a teacher, she was a teacher at a UN school, and um I was like, But but Kiara, like he doesn't he was like so good to me, you know, and she goes, Did he have any other adult friends? And I was like I don't know. I never yeah. met him. And she was like, Yeah, see? 
And uh, and uh, like I don't think he ever wanted anything from me like in that way. Yeah, yeah. You know, but I just think this is a man who's for whatever reason whose social development was so sort of stunted or warped. I think he saw himself as part of this scene rather than as an authority figure in this scene. Like he's not sitting around rubbing his hands, like pulling the strings yeah. to be like, I will now manipulate them. And by befriending Jeff, I will earn the trust of this other chick. You know, you know yes, what I'm saying? He like, just a, loves he just, being a part of this world that you were a part of, but it wasn't that there was not that disconnect that probably needed to be there for somebody who's an adult. Yeah. Like he just didn't seem to have like grown friends. Yeah. You know, like that guy had the same relationship with this woman that he had with me, except he, they also, yeah, you know, and so, yeah, it's not that you're, it's not that you're like saying those actions aren't okay. It's just like you're saying, no, I'm saying those actions aren't okay. Let's clarify that. I'm saying it's wrong to fuck a teenager. Yeah. And I think it's just, it's, it's complicated for you because you had such a tremendous growth, like loving experience. It's like finding out your favorite uncle did this, you know? Yeah. And, and, I don't think about it actively every day, but every time something in media or news or popular culture comes out, I think back to this. Yeah, which now happens, I'm sure, it comes yeah, up a every, lot every day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, but I also think you know about all those people who sit back and say, "Well, they never did anything like that to me," and it's like, "Well, yeah, because they weren't trying to fuck you." <laughs> you know what I mean? Like they were never a monster like that to me, and and. I would ne- I I really I have in the past said that and I really you know see that as fairly naive because it's like well they didn't do that to you because they didn't want that from you. And, yeah, this and, isn't this isn't a thing that only exists in them for one per like they're people aren't one purpose beings. Right, you have there you have different sides of yourself that you reveal in different contexts. Yeah. And it's like well I never hugged anyone i never gave anyone else a neck rub any anybody else a neck rub and then kissed them goodnight and said i love you mom to anybody but my mom that doesn't mean i didn't do it to my mom yeah yeah (laughs) 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 oh yeah and i have subsequently made you know connected with just like online other teachers from that program at that time and there was one woman who I think he want he had a relationship with um, an art history teacher who had he had a relationship with I think he did, but we're talking about all this rumor and conjecture and none of it's been um, yeah confirmed yeah, yeah. confirmed verbally although the inappropriate stuff with students slash former students has been at least a New York Times level multiple sources close to this primary source have confirmed. You know, yeah. you know, so like that, the other, the girls that I'm friends with now that were friends with that girl at the time, the, I guess now the adult women who are mothers, uh, were <laughs> friends with the, that, that woman at the time have all said, yeah, she talked to us about that shit that happened and it, it fucked her up. Yeah. And, and it's just, you know, I just look back and I'm just like, whoa, like does the fact that. Like that, that so much good for me in my life came out of this thing that was ultimately, it's just so, it so challenges my ability to put good or bad labels on stuff. You know, I'm, and I'm curious what you're hearing when you hear this. Cause I'm, I'm like remembering this and just saying it out loud. Yeah. Yeah. No, I've kind of letting you go. Cause I know you're like, move. I know you're like, it's developed. You, yeah. I know you didn't come in thinking you were going to talk about this and then it kind of happened and that's, no i was going to throw my ex-wife under yeah the bus so, when I got here, so so i was kind of letting you go to let that <laughs> yeah. to let it sort of play out and and see how it shaped and formed um yeah i yeah for me it's like that i think that's the thing i was going to kind of ask you about is is it 
is the tough, and you kind of just said this, but like, it's got to be so tough to have that person be such an influence on your early mm-hmm. kind of who you are today, right? Because yeah. you're an artistic person. You mm-hmm. do a lot of yeah. different performing, both, and I think you still like paint and stuff like that. Like, you, yeah, that's yeah, still a part anyway. of your, yeah, 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 like your hobbies and whatever. And so for that person to be, yeah, one of the biggest influences on who you are, who you ended up mm-hmm. being, right? Mm-hmm. Like finding this path that's not just this like military side of yeah. things and then finding this and finding this and finding this and like being where you are today. He probably was a big, not maybe not like the biggest part, but he was a big part in getting you there. I would say the biggest single person. Yeah. And you that's know, a huge thing to then be like, oh, fuck. Like, yeah. Like, you know, in the way that like, it, let's say if every adult you met throughout your high school experience was 2% of who you are, he's 10 to 15. Okay. You know, yeah, you see yeah, what yeah. I'm saying? Yeah. 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 And I have like, I, my, my person in my high school was like my mass media teacher mm-hmm. who taught video cl- class and got me like even... I remember like joining freshman year, not even realizing like, oh, video, that's like a profession. Like, that's Mm -hmm. cool. And then getting really into it, majoring in it and doing it today. And yeah, I had him for four years and still talk to him today. Mm -hmm. And it's like such a big influence in my life. And now I mean, you work in a school. Yeah. that Yeah. Yeah. I work in a school. I'm like I teach video classes and Mm -hmm. uh, I like think of how he taught this class when I'm teaching this class. And it's like, yeah, it's a huge influence on who I am. And it's it's a lot to then like try to put myself in that scenario of like, Oh, if all of that not is not real, but you're, yeah, you question like what were the motives here? I do a lot of videos for the school too, that are kind of like marketing videos. And one of the things that kids always say is they just really appreciate how the teachers feel like friends. Right. Mm -hmm. And, and it's, I think it's such a great thing that the school has created this environment where it does feel like you can talk to a teacher mm-hmm. and have a a one-on-one conversation with them that is both productive for their schoolwork but then it feels like they care about you in that way but it's also from a from a standpoint of being an educator like we get very firm like it's okay that they say you're their friend but like you are not and mm-hmm. it's such a clear divide that you're obviously told that especially in the world we live in now and it's hard, but it's hard knowing that those kids do look up to you. Like mm. they do think of you like that and not, you can't take advantage of that in any way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. I, you know, it's funny. I did, so I did stand up in uh, Richmond, Virginia last weekend and my high school English teacher came. Yeah. <laughs> and when, when I was home a couple of weeks prior, my high school math teacher came to see me and re- perform in Virginia beach. And I just they so the math teacher my math teacher uh, at the time maiden names here Miss Manger and Miss Riley were buds and they were probably in their like early thirties when I had them as teachers or maybe maybe late twenties I don't know yeah I don't know how old they are my I know my my English teacher from high school is retiring like right now okay and so in nineteen I graduated ninety four so nineteen ninety two ninety three whatever the hell that is that's how old she was. But they were going around like my area when I talked about it being all conservative, like it was, but it also had this really thriving like underground rock scene. And they would get like um, all these amazing garage bands that were like local or from the southern garage bands would play there all the time. And they were part of that. And I remember um, I went to see the Ramones one time and um, we we're talking about whatever. And somebody had yelled out to Miss Riley in class, what did you do this weekend? And she was just, like writing on the board, you know, and she's like, I went to see a band. 
with my friends and they were and somebody was like well what band and she was like it's a band called the ramones like not even make an <laughs> eye contact like i don't know if you're even into them they're called the ramones and i was like whoa and so after class i went up to her desk and she's grading papers and like looking at the papers and writing in the grade book and i was like miss riley miss riley you went and saw the ramones because yes that's what i said earlier and and i was like i was at the ramones too and she's like uh-huh and and I, I said, well, where were you? You know, I could have seen you. You know, where, 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 what part of the, where were you at? I was like right up front. I was right there in the pit. Were you in the pit? And she goes, no, I was in the beer garden with the rest of the adults, Jeff. <laughs> like never making eye contact. Yeah, just like there is a clear division yeah. of who we are. Like yeah, we, we're not our gonna... lives can overlap, but there is a division of who we are as people. Yeah, we're not going to be but so down until you graduate. Thank yeah, you very much. Yeah, you know. And I... And I think it's like that's such an important thing as an educator to mm-hmm. know that line and to be aware of it. And mm-hmm. it it's just like a I don't know, it's devastating that like that guy just couldn't be aware he, of it. There was no line. Like, yeah, well, I there... just well, I just want to know him now as a grown up with like the antenna that I have. I feel yeah. like I have developed. I, I don't mind telling you, Brian, I feel like I've developed pr- a pretty keen emotional intelligence and the ability to read people rather quickly. And I just want to like get a read on him now that I'm grown. Yeah, now that you've developed this sense over the years to be like, is this what did I get this wrong, yeah. or do I see it clearer now? Yeah, like like I notice that I have these these antenna for like manipulative people or manipulative movements. Yeah, that once they go off, I'm like, oh, this is you know, like I'm not gonna wait for the other thing. Yeah, like you I'm already I'm on it. Like this is done. I'm older now than that dude was when when I yeah knew when him. you knew him. Yeah. So I just wonder if I could see him just be yeah, it just immediately yeah. goes yeah. off, and you're like, wow, I wish I yeah. had a better sense. Well, I, I guess just ask him because I don't want to hate him. Yeah, I guess that's the thing. It's like there's such a part of this where it's like it's not like in any way you're saying like I regret investing ten percent of my yeah. in, in, in like life uh, as a child yeah. in this person because of what came out like mm. where you are now and i feel like a lot of great stuff came out of this influence that this mm. person had on you it just like becomes such a such more complicated uh dynamic yeah i also i asked my parents about it and i was like mom dad did you were you aware and i told them about this and they were like Phew. you know and my mom didn't seem as shocked as i did okay so you th- so was there like, was a little there must have been a little radar in her yeah brain. And i was like mom what it, what is this? You know, did you, were you aware of this being an unhealthy or inappropriate relationship? And she could, and, and she, both she and my dad were there and they were like, oh yeah, we, 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 we clocked it. We were talking about it. Yeah. And I was like, really? <laughs> this is the first time hearing about it? Like what? And, 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 uh, like I'm spending all that time up there and you, you, you're not saying anything. And they were like, uh, yeah, you know, uh, maybe we could have, but, on the other hand, it's like we had to trust that you knew how to get yourself out of situation. Like you're that you're not gonna be yeah, and and that you have a sense of right and wrong. And if they were they were like you know I think we decided that like your friendship was so important to you at that time, and I don't think you would have allowed anything too crazy to happen. And at some point, we were like, well, if we say anything, we're just gonna push him further into it. Or you know what I mean? Like yes. like you're just gonna rebel or so we just gotta you just it's sometimes they were like when you're a parent, you just gotta trust it and uh we yeah. did and it worked out okay. Oh man. But also this does fit in with a longer pattern of my parents not being willing to stand up and have the tough conversation. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but that's also I mean, yeah. going back to you and, and what 
what your radar is now, it's like, yeah, that probably means that mm. you have developed a better radar because if they're noticing it yeah. at that time, uh-huh. you're probably just like, oh, yeah, this guy's cool and I don't see anything else uh-huh. happening here. 100% of the memories of this dude I have are good memories. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and so would you say like now, like, or do you just not know what your takeaway is of this guy anymore? Like you're just. <sighs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know. And my friend. A friend of mine who's an artist here now and was close with the woman in question said, you know what? Your relationship with him is what you got from it and what you needed it to be. And don't let this other stuff, which although true and although happen and although make like the person he was to you is the person he was to you, you know, like the 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 per, the way you perceived that person is the way he was when he was with you and that was consistent you know yeah. you know what i'm saying yeah like it's mm-hmm. a, i guess it's just like there's different sides of people that exist in the world and you had a pretty positive experience uh-huh. that felt pretty genuine mm-hmm. and i guess yeah like you can you're you can have those moments of questioning of like yeah was this all mm-hmm. bullshit and what was he doing this for and did he actually like appreciate me as a person? But it's like, I guess at the end of the day, you have to believe that he did to a level to, I don't know. And I cannot help but think that at this point, his life is its own punishment. Whatever that tension was in the house when we went out there, I can just imagine his wife being like, oh, here's some of your little 21 year old buddies that you made when you were pulling all that shit. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, like who were like your little 17. I know this or, whole I know the whole story behind these people and their Yeah. Your little teen buddies are out here and yeah, I've got to fucking act like it's cool. Yeah. This weird life that you were living across the yeah. country without me doing things that were not OK. And yeah. It's like, yeah. And I have to accept these people in this house now. Yeah. And like. You know, these guys are a symptom of such a huge and tremendous fucked up problem we're trying to get past in our own marriage. And then here yes. they are. Yeah, yeah, you're just bringing them out in front of sleeping us. Sleeping on the couch, eating all my damn cereal. You know, like. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and they have no idea, so I can't even hate them for it. There's so much complexity now where, where I'm like, I don't think that guy should be like necessary. If he's still doing it, yeah. But like, <laughs> you know, if he, if like, if he has had some kind of reckoning privately, you know, yeah, you know, which, hard, which, again, which I don't know. To, yeah. yeah. I don't know. I mean, if I found out he was still at it, I'll bring the shit up. But, 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 but I'm just saying that, yes, that he's just gone to me and I miss, still miss him. And I wish I could tell him like, man, I heard this and I believe that you did it. And yeah. Like you just love to have a real conversation with him about it. Yeah. But I don't want to hate you. You know, yeah. Uh, Has anybody at your school ever fucked up like this? No, at my at my high school, uh, when I was in high school, two years back to back, there were two teachers who got fired for having sex with students, uh-huh. and one of them, it was like an underage girl, and he like fled the country, uh-huh. and no one ever heard from him again. And the other person, it was like he. I th- at least she was 18 when it came out. I don't oh. know if they started dating before him. Like he was fired from the school, but they stayed together for mm-hmm. at least a while. Mm-hmm. So that was confusing. That was a weird like uh-huh. thing to come up and be like, oh, uh, this is a thing that happens. Yeah. 
Well, I guess I do want to say, like, I don't want to, I don't want to discredit anybody who out, out there who hears this and had an awful experience, or I feel like a person's person is their experience to process and judge. And I would hate for anything I said here to seem like a tacit judgment of something I'm not aware of. I'm just so blown away by how, by the distance between. I guess the simultaneous distance between good and bad in that relationship and the closeness between it. So anyway. Um, yeah. Well, thanks for sharing everything. No problem. Um, if people want to find out more about what you do, uh, you want to plug like website or oh, yeah. any if you other. Go to, if you go to, well, I have three things yeah, on the yeah. burner right now that I'm going to plug. Uh, brought in general, in a general sense, if you go to jeffsimmerman.com, that's J E F F S I M M E R M O N.com. You can see just whatever the hell I'm doing. Uh, I'm pleased to announce publicly for the first time that I'm recording my second album on November 16th. Awesome. At Bluebird where we had our, oh, cool. Yeah. And, uh, I'm teaching a, or I'm, yeah, I'm offering another storytelling, a stand up class that starts August 1st. Unless nobody signs up for it, and then it starts September first, <laughs> and then um, I have this newsletter that I'm sending out once a week, where I, I cook a lot, and it's called "Cooking Is Coping" because I cook to cope with the tremendous stress that comes from being in a career with no path to security, and switched into it at midlife, and so so I I cook a lot to kind of do something productive while I'm worrying about that stuff. And I send out like a comedy essay as a recipe once a week. And if you want to sign up for that or check it out, you can go to bit.ly that's B I T dot L Y slash cooking is coping and sign yourself right on up. So there you go. Cool. Well, thanks so much for doing this. No problem. Thank you for having me. I'm very flattered. This is how we is how we fight for something that's right. Love Hurts is produced, hosted, and edited by Brian Berlin. Theme music by Mickey Hommel. Show art by Caroline Mallon. You can find Love Hurts on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you like the show, Rate and review it on Apple Podcasts, and tell a friend about it. You can find Love Hurts on Instagram and Twitter at lovehurtspod, and our website is lovehurtspod.com. I'm Brian Berlin, and this is Love Hurts.